Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. It is the 14th of May, 2020, uh, week nine of um, the COVID crisis. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Dave, how are you guys holding up? We're uh, we're doing okay. Uh, yeah, I can't uh, I, I can't complain at all. Well, I can, but. <laughs> but what's it going to do for you? Hey, everybody be like, yeah, that we, we, we're, we're all with you, buddy. Um, for the ones who like me, other people might have a different word than buddy, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, things, things keep carrying on, carrying on as things are uh, lifting out. I mean, and we keep talking about this and I keep feeling kind of bad, but I'm like, the excitement's starting to bubble, um, to me as things are starting to, to lift out. Now, I, let me be clear here marketing hat on and that is the only hat i am wearing right now okay. <laughs> is it as things are all starting to lift out loosen taking out any opinions i have on that and going okay this is going to be just incredibly fascinating there are opportunities here there's 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 events that will have one shot and we need to get right on the first shot and we have no history of what's gone on before yes, just some we sort do. of well okay history on the digital web, on how to react to okay. something like that, this. we don't. Um, what do we do specifically? So I meant more from a marketing standpoint and going as okay. a digital marketer, this That's is unique. I, I know. We, I, I want to jump in here, and I, I absolutely think there's a hundred gajillion opportunities for marketing, and mm -hmm. I can feel the pent up energy wanting to explode. A couple of things. Number one, I don't take. I don't think that. Um, believing in science is a political opinion. Um, and I have a really hard time how to say, how to say this. Oh my goodness. Okay. So as this, as uh, regular web college listeners know, Dave and I are sitting in Canada, which is having an extremely different experience um, of the COVID crisis than um, the majority of our listening audience who are sitting in the United States of America. In Canada, the crisis has not been politicized. It's not a political issue. It's a, we're all in it together trying to muddle through and do what we can to um, combine uh, common sense with few casualties and the, the, the least impact on the economy possible, knowing full well it's going to have an incredible impact. So that's it. I mean, that, that's the politics. There's no good, bad, right or wrong or anything like that. It's just this is a big problem and we're all trying to... In America, it's become politicized. And in some ways, doing the right thing from a public health standpoint, like wearing a mask, is a political statement, which is incomprehensible. Um, so I want, I want to get that out of the way first. When I say what I'm about to say is, as a responsible marketer, I strongly believe that if we open too soon, we are only going to be forced to shut down again. And Dave, I know where you're going with all these opportunities because I want to exploit them too, but I don't know the responsible thing to do. Well, I, I, the thing is, I, I think there are some, some 
respond there. I think there's some great opportunities a hundred percent on both sides. And, and we've got a client um, who does property management and I, I won't list specifically who they are, but they're on the East coast uh, sort of upper level um, sort of property rentals and stuff. And already he has, uh, well, I mean, as a company, they have them. I'm thinking of one person there stockpiled wax and wax of hand sanitizer, made small containers, put branded, um, you know, labels on them, ordered in some masks with the logo sort of tucked in on the side for, for their visitors. And it's just leaving that in every unit. Right. And it's like, okay, this is how we do this as marketers. Every picture that is sent back of people on their vacations are going to have masks with branding. The, the person's going to get there. They're going to have branding. And, and this company lives and, and breathes off repeat visitors and, 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 and the goodwill and going above and beyond, right? Like they're take your average vacation rental. There are a couple steps above that, right. In, okay. in, in the level. So this is what they're doing. And, and it was interesting because on, on my end, we actually had a client on both sides who has like, 55 gallon drums of, of, of hand cleanser and this client who needed it for their, for their people. So it was a, it was a unique merging, but um, this is sort of one of those. So as you can gather, it was a win sort of for both clients and, and me in the process there, but um, it, it's one of those as marketers. Okay. It may not be like, okay. And how do we like jam pack all these places, but how do we make sure? Cause I I'm viewing ahead. And, and unfortunately a lot of our clients are is, how do I make sure that I am helping my clients survive right now? So we need a good, responsible way for bringing that business in. But how can I make sure that they are the only company they're thinking of two years from now? That when you think of traveling to that region of the world, the only company you're going to think about is my client, right? Like, and that's what I'm looking at more is right now is where we can grab that market share. We go, okay, I had 30, I'm going to have 34% by the, by the end of the year. And that 30, that extra 4% might not be worth much this year, but two years from now, like vaccines are on the ground. We're all just sort of plodding forward. And that 4% is the easiest one 4% ever. That, that is the money really, really well spent just making sure we do things right now. And, and I think, you know, yes, I'll capitalize. We'll get the social shares and we'll get, you know, the, the links we can get built talking about what we're doing and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, and that's what's going to get us that 4% market share or 5% market share, or, you know, dare I dream even more increase. But I think this is what it, where the opportunities for me sort of sink in is we can do unique things that we've never been able to do before. And, and as long as our clients understand, and hopefully if there's business owners in the crowd, either understand for yourself if you're DIY or, or if you're, you know, talking to your, to your SEOs is, yeah, it might not be worth a ton right now, right? Like that, you know, I, I've talked about them before, right? Like Kellogg's, they, they doubled their marketing budget in 2029 when, the, when everything crashed, right? Like they doubled their advertising budget. And by, by four years later, they boosted their, they posted their gains. Still in the depression, but they had posted their gains. Um, and we're 30% above in revenue, right? But it, it took biting the bullet early and going, okay, we need to buy our, our, our market share right now. Well, everybody else, well, post is moving out. We need to buy that market share. And by the end of the depression, they were well, well ahead. And, and they haven't been below number one in the, in the market since. Like you know so. what, my, Dave? I owe you an apology. I am so sorry. I assumed I knew where you were going, and I, I, I absolutely misanticipated. Very cool story. <laughs> um, we've seen a massive drop. I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Then we've seen a massive drop in um, in uh, paid search revenues. Um, 
Are you suggesting that 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 if um some if some businesses were to continue investing in paid search, they'd be capturing position, uh, capturing uh, 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 I guess a mind share that uh, their comp- their competitors are sacrificing. Yeah, I mean, if you're competing against one of my clients, ignore my advice here. But for everybody else, um, yeah, clicks are on sale. Um, and there are some outstanding opportunities. And one of the areas that, that I'm finding some, some great success in, and I won't know the full scope of the success for probably three to six months, but it's already because of the low clicks, um, it's already paying for itself. One of the areas I found people have abandoned in the paid search market, and, and I'll talk about Google ads specifically here, um, is display. Right, it's 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 not as easy to measure. Um, you're not getting exactly what you want. You know, people tend to tighten their view of what they want as soon as things get a little uncertain. It's like, well, I know when I buy this keyword, you know, that's exactly what I'm going to get, and that's that's what I want, right? Like, we they they tighten. They go, okay, I'm halving my paid search budget, so let's focus in on the knowns. Um, and then all of a sudden, our display campaigns are producing cost per acquisitions that are well beyond anything they were before. Um, so, so incredibly successful with proper audience targeting. Don't be an idiot and just like set up a display campaign and go, I'm targeting the states, right? Like, no, target your, you know, get your audience, get your demographics in there, get your interests in there, get their in markets in there. And it probably doesn't work universally for everybody, but we're producing great CPAs. But what I'm mostly interested in is post-COVID. We're, we're actually running campaigns that are more just to get people to click that link even if they don't buy, because we have products that they're not really built to buy yet. You know, vacation rentals are, are one of those where it's like, we know you're starting to dream because you know things are going to loosen up, but we're not quite there yet. But we're going to be hitting them with a, a massive remarketing campaign as soon as the dates are announced. So it's like, okay, we've got, and then pick, picking the specific areas where, okay, it's light where we are, it's light where you are. So we want you here, right? <laughs> like actually being very specific specific in, in where we're targeting going, oh, okay, you know, these are actually the people where, where you know, it, it won't blow up in our faces um, to, to be doing this and, and actually being constructive on that, on that front. And I, I suspect we're going to see some amazing CPAs on that one as well. Well, display is usually um, associated with a more um, consumer-based. Uh, this is like business-to-consumer advertising, uh, more of an instant reaction. Um, I'm putting this in front of you, like dangling bait in front of... Um, well, in, in front of a consumer, I want I want you to come in and and, and buy my, buy my products. Are you finding that you have to help your clients think differently about the role of advertising right now? You know, some of them, yes. I mean, uh, clearly, um, and some of them, um, no. In fact, the the client that I'm thinking of right now, where we're getting to get the most fun out of out of the, I mean, fun academically. I'm a marketer. We're we're having the most fun here. Okay. Um, basically came to me early on. I, I had messaged him like when things were shutting down and, and everything going, okay, and here's my plan for cutting our budget, right? Like cutting, cutting your money to me. Um, and, and here's what'll, what'll happen and, and that sort of thing. But I understand we're all having to tighten our belts here. And um, they were the ones going, no, not marketing, right? No, we're, we're not stay the course marketing. Um, so they actually knew going in that this is something that, that they really need to, uh, you know, needed to focus on. But what the opportunities we have are very, very unique. So knowing that they were good, okay, they want to keep investing in marketing. 
um, and including their their paid ad spend. It was dwindled a little bit because there were just stuff we knew we could we could clip out of there. But um, what we were able to focus in on, or, or what we're we won't know until the end fully, but is we've got people in a very I don't mean unique in it. Let's view the word unique in a neutral way, right? It's it's in well, as a marketer, actually, as a know, marketer, this fit. is good. We we um, where the the well, you know what? I'll, I'll liken it to um, Mary and I had a trip to Mexico plant. We do this every year, right? And we we were going there, and I, I got my WestJet, our you know our carrier, had emailed me going, yeah, it's canceled, right? Like that's that's it. That flight is not happening was the, the first thing. And I was waiting until right before it to, to cancel, right? Like Expedia tells me to do. <laughs> it's like, wait till a few days before. Um, anyway, it, it had been canceled and I had to end up calling in to uh, cancel one Expedia. It was already canceled. My flight was already gone. And then I dealt with the, the hotel side of things. As soon as that was canceled, my heart was sad, right? It was just like, yeah. okay, I, I've got nothing. It, it caught me at that it was already canceled. It was already done. But as soon as it was, there was no part of it. It was, it was kind of sad. Well, then Mary and I decided to take a little staycation and, and get a place that we could never afford in the area or couldn't justify affording in, in the area. And as soon as that was booked, it was a thing to look forward to. And what we wanted to do is even that looking for a new place was fun. It was entertaining. We knew we couldn't solidify it yet because we didn't have our dates, that, that things would be available. But even that looking was fun and then we could do it. And then that was fun. And then it was something to look forward to. And that's what we're trying to capitalize on in a lot of these markets is right now you can't do anything, but you kind of know that soon you'll probably be able to what it'll look like. You don't really know. So you're not willing to pull the trigger on anything, but you, you know, you can fantasize now, you know, you can dream. So we're trying to create that in our display campaigns. And then as soon as we know, here's that date, Okay, now remarket to them with a booking now for, right? And here's our date that you can start booking, whether it's a, a vacation or an adventure or whatever it might be. You can now do that. Um, and then and then grab them then. And then, of course, once everything lights up, then we, we push. Like once you can actually book and actually go at the same time, then we'll go a full court press. But it's actually that middle point, that point where we can now advertise what's coming in the future that I'm expecting a outstanding CPA because so many businesses won't have laid the groundwork. They'll all in that point just be starting to wrap up their paid search campaigns. They'll be starting to do their testing on what ad copy works. And those of us that have been doing this all along and laying that groundwork will know what ad copy is working, will know what resonates, and we'll already have our, our audiences set up um, to hit up with marketing. So I, I'm, I'm anticipating some really, really good CPAs. Anyway, short answer for our listeners. Just get into some display advertising, make your people dream, and then get some remarketing ready to go. We've already got the ads ready to go um, to fire it after. Uh, we're going to have to go to a commercial in just a second. Quick pro tip, though. Remember that often we're doing national-level campaigns uh, for different jurisdictions. You might have travel restrictions or business restrictions lifting in one jurisdiction but not lifting in another. Mm-hmm. So be really careful that you're advertising the right information to the right people because uh, people are putting, you know, it, 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 it's weird how people put information together, especially in, a, in an age where we're social, where so much information is coming across social media. But the traditional news gathering organizations, the ones that actually knew how to vet information are suffering. Yeah. 
So people are just putting stuff together by stuff they see, including advertisements. So uh, people out there, be careful. Be careful what you set for various jurisdictions. Be sure you know what the restrictions actually are. Okay, on that, uh, we got to take a break here on Web College on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 14th of May, 2020. On behalf of Dave Davis from Based on Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. Stick around, we got more coming up after the break. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. WebmasterRadio.fm is now part of the WMR.fm podcast network. Evolving every day to meet today's demands. We are pioneers of podcasting, staying at the forefront of digital marketing, business, and entrepreneurship. WMR.FM enters the 2020s leading the way, expanding our spectrum of shows set to educate, entertain, and engage. We are the WMR.FM Podcast Network. Radio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Web Culture on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 14th of May, 2020. It's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, as I said earlier, it's I think eight weeks, maybe nine weeks into uh, the COVID crisis. Um, actually, you know what? It's it's eight eight weeks ago. Uh, Tuesday, the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic. So I'd say we're eight weeks in, two months. And it's weird how it feels like everything has changed. But uh, some of the same stupid stuff is still going on. Um, for instance, there was a core update. Google announced a, a core update. What was it, seven days ago, eight days ago? I mean, really, it's yeah. hard to keep track of what a day is these days anymore. And um, already, 
people are ascribing these grand, these grand, like, I know exactly what's going on with this update. It's all about Bert or something <laughs> like that. Um, and I don't know, this, this, this kind of drives me crazy. Um, on one side, you hear people saying it's all about content. And on the other side, you see like uh, Pinterest ranking really well for, I don't know, what would otherwise seem as quite thin content. So maybe the core update wasn't about anything that people are suggesting it's about. And we still have to um, watch the uh, <laughs> watch the service, watch people's behavior, and just, you know, watch everything to, 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 to get a sense. You know, maybe even get an announcement <laughs> from Google. Yeah, it's it's a... I don't blame people for trying to figure it out. Like I do, you do. We all like heck. We'll like just. I'll be figuring stuff out on the fly, sitting here on a podcast, right? But well, that's the totally same cool. <laughs> but you're you're right, and it, it we can't be presenting this. I, I think we're both. Uh, hopefully, our, our listeners take away. We're both pretty good at going. Yeah, here's my two bit opinion and a guess, but it just happened like a few days ago, and I'll probably never know for sure. But here's my best guess, and it might be more educated in a week. Um, you know, and, and from what we're seeing, yeah, it makes sense. And you've got John having to announce to everybody on one hand, Bert isn't like an algorithmic function. It's an understanding. No. Language, right? <laughs> you know, which, which is an entirely valid and an important distinction. And I think and it may have an effect a, over an algorithm, but yeah. it's not an algorithm. And I mean, there's there's a lot of this that we can we can sort of look back. And again, I'm going to announce this is my two bit opinion. But you look at the winners and losers, and it's what I thought earlier today when um, I was reading that Barry had had published that some of his analytics. And I took a look over an AHRS and stuff, and he seems to have taken a bit of a hit. Um, he's got good content, right? He's got like great Barry. content. Yeah, and lots of. But it. what we have, to, so it's it's clearly not that. But then we also, you know, connect that with all of a sudden Pinterest's winning. Do they have good content? Yeah. Not if you're a content writer, but if you like images, they do. And right? if you're John so. Mueller trying to say that Google is really good at figuring out the context of this, that, and whatnot. Right. Um, right. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if an image is this, that, or whatnot, but it's certainly one of the three and maybe maybe more. I know. I, I'm just dying. And Barry, if you're listening, if you want to just share your search console access with me, that would be great because there's some stuff I'd like to look at. Um, but I'll one take of the your things, ATM console access. <laughs> one of the things that I'm most interested in is we can all take wins and losses. We can all take hits. And he was showing, you know, okay, and here's here's a traffic drop. And he was very forthcoming. Didn't show that that little part of the image where I would see what the traffic numbers are, but mm -hmm. I did. <laughs> I did <laughs> I see where that, the drop that. happens. Um, you know, of course, we all like immediately looked at, to that part just out of curiosity. But what I'd be interested in knowing is what was it, right? On aggregate, I can see that, but that's neither good nor bad. If I was looking at, and this goes back a, a few years ago. Well, if I was looking at just where bounce rate was on a similar graph, it comes across differently. But I was, if I was looking at it on a graph like that, I would have seen this this steady or, or page view. I would have seen this steady page views at the time. Our average somewhere between three and four page views was just our sort of like average visitor. And all of a sudden, it bottomed out. Just boom! It looked horrible. I panicked. I got like three different alerts from three different things in analytics that come in. I'm like, what the hell is going on? First thought, something must be breaking in like analytics or something horrible is happening on our site. No. 
our blog just became incredibly popular in Google's eyes. All our blog posts tore up the, the charts. But all of a sudden, most of our visitors were coming in, reading a thing, and clicking and the back button. They came sure. to do what they wanted, and they clicked the back button. So all the metrics from the outside looked horrible. But the internal metrics, my, my, my value add was I was actually doing better. Yeah, and your users were achieving their goal. And they were achieving their goal. And so I wonder how much of that is going on. How much was a pillaging of people who had a different intent and taking them away from Barry and going, you really, you're speaking at a high level. You're covering news. We're going to try and take away those visitors that are actually looking for tutorial-based stuff, right? Like, how do I, that's not so much a SE roundtable thing, a how do I query, right? Like, how do I optimize title tags? Barry, super knowledgeable guy, but Barry reports on news on SE Roundtable for the most part. So that's not where you're going to get the big how do I. So is that the kind of queries that were taken away? In which case, probably a good move. You know, for, for, from a user standpoint, but one would, would hate to see, you know, Barry lose out of that. And the user probably would have got some added value. But I, I, I get, it may be that I get, I don't think it was a blanket very sites bad um, because I looked through Ahrefs and he won on a bunch of queries. Just obviously not the volume. <laughs> so, so having having done this as well, I think you should look at some of the queries he is winning on. And one of the things that uh, I, I really wish somebody would would, would have mentioned here is um, the nature of queries. The nature of what people are searching for has changed over the last couple months. People aren't. This might, might come as some surprise to you, given that you're working an eight, eight, eight or 10-hour day still, but a lot of people aren't doing that. <laughs> um, it's it, I, it's really dismaying when I realize that I'm the only one I know who's at work, um, but it's true. And uh, so, so, so the nature of search is changing, what people are searching for, what they're looking for, what they're seeking. And so Barry might be seeing lower traffic. Because the common search terms people are looking for when going to SE Roundtable, they're not looking for that right now. Yeah. Well, and that's that's very true. And it's funny, you pay like just on and off, sort of off topic, but touching on something else you'd said that I'm sure resonates with a lot of our listeners that duality that you probably feel, and I bet a lot of our listeners do, where you're you're stoked to be working, right? Like I'm I'm happy to be working as much as I am, but there, there is this little part in the back of my brain and I think it happens to everybody. So I hope the people who do this understand that we don't hate you, but there's a little part of my brain when I'm like reading somebody's, well, I finished book five. What new Netflix thing should I binge? And I'm just like, you just shut up now. <laughs> like, no. I don't have time to do that. At the same time, I understand where, where they're coming from and that these are different stresses that we're all dealing with. But yeah, again, just uh, the, the the count your blessings edition of Webcology. Could you imagine not having this career? Well, uh, that's that's it. That's it. And it's like, okay, I, I understand the, I have the joy of being too busy to respond to yeah. that post because I have some work to do. And I only went in because I needed to like send a message off to like Danny Goodwin or something. <laughs> oh my goodness! You don't you don't, you don't you don't think that people who are outside the industry are getting like offended that we're not replying to stuff they're giving they're sending out us on Facebook like in a timely manner because they don't realize that like we're working. Oh my goodness! I feel right. so impolite. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't care. It's Facebook. <laughs> Seriously, it's a pretty impolite place on the best of days. Oh, indeed. I was in such a good, I'm in such a good mood when I wake up in the morning and then 15 minutes later, I'm halfway done my coffee and I want to punch my monitor. <laughs> it's, it's just a bad scene. 
Okay. Moving forward, and if, and if you're moving forward and happen to find yourself on the first place of Google, Google wants to know that they think you're awfully cool. <laughs> okay, this is from the what the heck. Uh, we got to report this because A, because it was said, and B, because there's kernels of important truths in here. Um, Dave, because I can't help, I, I need to ridicule this. I, can, can you do this with a straight face? Yeah, I mean, I, I hard, it's hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, Danny actually, this Danny Sullivan actually had to clarify that uh, basically, yeah, being on the, on the first page um, is a sign that you are, to quote him, indeed doing all the right and great things to have good content. Um now, it, Sorry, Barry. I, I'd actually, yeah, I'd actually. Tw- oh wow, I have Bazinga. Um, <laughs> it was funny because I got some some sort of negative commentary, not directed towards me, but there was some negative feedback to that when I when I tweeted out um, that post. Just people going, "Yeah, there's tons of great content buried on page three. Absolutely, mm-hmm. abs- absolutely, there is. And you know, for any for many given queries, there's probably more than ten pieces of good content. And depending mm-hmm. on your biases, needs, leanings, right? The, the, this is you know content preference types, right? But as an SEO, and all of our listening audience either is or cares about it, right? I mean, otherwise, I'm not quite what are you sure doing what here. Not done here, but our advertisers thank you, and so do we. Um, you know, if you're not interested in these things. Then, then forget this. But if you are, then just take this as Google going, you, you done good, kid. And they've continued to push forward, as far as I'm concerned, quite effectively on surfacing better and better content. Their, their algorithm over the past, I mean, we've been doing this, what, like, you've been doing this 20 years. I can yeah. count myself as like probably 16, 17. I was like a bit behind you, I know, because you taught me a bunch of my early stuff. So, um, you know, it, in that time, they, they've just, I mean, it's not even kind of the same. They do a really good job. Yes, they're flawed. Yes, they have to make universal assumptions. Yep. Yes, something like coronavirus hits. Everybody's search patterns change, and it takes them a while to catch up, right? Like and, that, and that just happens. And yes, Google is going to make mistakes in yeah. the composition of uh, search results, but... But I do think that overall, you probably are producing good content if you get a first page result. And I'm going to put the caveat... And it stays there. So if you surface a first page result and Google consistently over months holds it there through updates, then that is a sign that you have probably satisfied your user, right? I mean, if it pops up to page one and then uh, now it's on page three again, yeah, you probably didn't satisfy your user, right? Or, or, I mean, something else might come into play. But Now, that said, you could have incredible content. You could have like, like, like brilliantly written crafted content mm-hmm. and have one of those mega menus at the very top of your page that just says <laughs> like in a million different directions and that great content isn't going to help you that much. Yeah. Um, there's when, when, when Danny said all the things, right. He didn't just mean content. He also meant site structure and architecture, um, usability, uh, and a whole bunch of other boxes that Google wants ticked, um, for whatever. And then, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, we know exactly which boxes Google wants ticked in relation to exactly what page or what search, uh, search query was entered. But there's a hell of a lot more than just good content. Well, absolutely. And if you read, and I just happened to recently, the, their uh, quality raters guidelines, mm-hmm. um, 
you can you can define it. it actually, it gives you a neat visual. If you're wondering what your sorry, no, 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 go on, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah. It, if you're ever wondering, your your contents for for listeners who don't know, your content is divided into three sections: main content, secondary content, and advertising. If you're wondering what your secondary content is on any given page, just an interesting visual. Just look at it. Sort of draw a box around your main content. Draw a box around all your ads. Everything else is secondary, right? In Google's eyes, everything else is secondary. And mega menus. You you bring up a great point, and they're actually touched on, yeah, in the guidelines. Um, and is your secondary content needs to provide that experience that allows the user to engage with that and additional content on your site. And yeah, these massive mega menus will pose a detrimental impact on your users, right? Because they're difficult to get through. People don't have that kind of, sadly, attention span and patience. Moreover, Google is doing its best to figure out what you're trying to convey with your website, what you're trying to convey with every page in your site, why your webmaster made this decision versus that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you present them with like this whole panoply of context, like, right. um, it's really hard to choose one or two things this page might be about when the entire kitchen sink and pantry is thrown in your face. Well, and if we think about this as Google and as users at the same time, you hit that, that 200 item mega menu. I mean, I, I've, I've seen them pretty big. I don't know if I've crossed over 200, but you know, those massive menus mm-hmm. we all see. That user is going to get a little bit confused in trying to understand where they're supposed to go and what their primary, what is the primary thing. If that's the case, how is Google supposed to interpret that any differently? Right? Like, and why would they? They wouldn't. They would actually want to try and interpret that as a user. If you hit me with 100 links or 150 links, I'm going to have difficulty interpreting what I'm supposed to do right now. Right? It's going to take me time to figure that out. And I probably don't want to. Google is going to interpret that the same if they're doing their job. Not only would it just like screw with your page rank flow through your site, but Google would have to look at that and go, well, as a user, I don't know what to do right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. I'm confused right now. If you had a logical series of drop downs, yes, Google would probably want to figure that out, right? Like if you. Yeah, but you, you, yeah. you've seen the ones where you hit that one yeah. like little down arrow and suddenly go boom. Services. And it's like, well, now I can't even see the content anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hits. It hits. And I, in a very few cases, I do get it. But for most cases, you know what? That's what like categories and search boxes are for. Right? <laughs> like just, just let your users search or bring them to a top level category because they don't want to look for every different model number X, Y, Z, one, two, three, four, version B. They don't want to see that in your nav or in your in your top menu, right? Like they want to go blue widgets. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, there's my page of, of you know X Y Z one two three version. Right? Like that's where they want that information. So anyway, um, just happened to be interesting because you brought up two things that that were happened to be mentioned in in there, and I thought I never interpreted it that way until I read it this time, and I've read the guidelines before, going, oh, that's how I tell my secondary content. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's like there's only three kinds. Whatever is not main, that's easy to identify. Whatever is not an ad, that's easy to identify. All right. And then you you know, that would be secondary. And you're supposed to take that into context or the reviewers are, which means we are, of how does this help the user accomplish the the need on that page and any supplemental needs that they might have based on the main content being fulfilled? Now, I'm not sure if this is a, a Danny Sullivan co- uh, comment or a John Mueller co- uh, comment. But um, I, I read this. I read this earlier today, and actually, I think it was uh, in 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 a uh, Facebook or a tweet that you had promoted. 
a Facebook post or a tweet that you promoted. Um, the uh, search guidelines are an indicator of how they want the algorithm to work. Yes. Um, it's sort of like um, an incredibly complicated mission statement for something that is too complicated for any human being to actually understand. Right. Would you reckon that's a, a, a way for um, SEOs to to look at? Um, yeah. It, guidelines? Yeah, it, it should be. It's. I mean, eat is, is mentioned in a bunch of places in it. It's got its own big section, and that's where we draw the idea of eat from it, <laughs> was, was from this document. But the way I think we need to view it, like it, you can view it, you know, esoterically, or you can view it. I hope I've used that word right. It's one of those ones I use it in sentences, but I couldn't define it. Um, you know, it, <laughs> I, don't know I want to Google it right now. Or you can get more, a, a little more technical. My brain naturally goes more to the the technical side of things, so so I'll cover it from that. But what basically we're 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 doing, or what I'm imagining they're doing on the back end, and I I would say there's probably a good ninety percent chance that I'm mostly right <laughs> on, on this one would be they're they're taking a bunch of known information that they have. So they've given users a bunch of websites, basically, like they've given these reviewers websites and said, here's the way we need you to grade them. Here's what we need you to look at. It's from your location, but not using your bias, right? Like these sorts of things. They've gone just generically. We need everybody to just judge, does this fulfill your your needs. Now, with that information and a bunch of known good, you know, send a thousand people through looking at the same page and judging it, this one always ranks high. This one always ranks poorly because of these things. Okay, now you send a machine learning system in there. Well, you send a crawler through and then use machine learning to, to sort of figure it out. And now you take a look at all the signals you have sitting in your back end and go, okay, now, Let's get our machines at work here and let's actually figure out what's common. So we've had human beings tell us what's good. Now let's let machines tell us what's common about those good or what's common about the bad or what's common among the things that are similar and bad in this area, but good in this area. What what ties those things together? Well, so, and uh, I just want to throw something into what you're saying. If I just like uh, I throw a quick thought spanner into, into your process here. Um, yeah. did, you, did you see that article? I think it was in Search Engine Journal where... Uh, Google was talking about uh, uh, the use of AI and said, you know, one of the things we noticed is there's over 600 ways that search users spell Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah. Now, back in the old days when humans were doing this sort of analysis, I, I, honestly, I don't know if that kind of um, granularity would emerge. There's 600 unique ways of spelling something completely unimportant like Britney Spears. Uh, apologies to the Britney Spears fan club. Um, think of artificial intelligence trying to contextualize all these different spellings of a common en- of a very common entity, yeah. um, and then think in relation to the way you present content on your websites, on your webpage. Um, and I, don't, don't worry about Britney Spears. Spears worry about the greatest uh, homily or greatest synonym on your website, um, and how people will be using those words in search. I think it's. I think um, thinking about AI and thinking about how people enter the information they're looking for. 
um, is becoming is beca- going to be one of the most fascinating aspects of search moving into 2021. Oh yeah, it, it is going to be fascinating, and this 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 transition of the way we we do things. I know I was visiting my my grandmother yesterday who got a new iPhone, um, so she's she's moved from Android to to iPhone. Um, my dad Must be a shock, her, right? Like that's that's why she got it. And she, she's a pretty basic user, right? So not a lot to to figure out. A few things. It's frustrating for me because I'm an Android user. So it's like, help me, Dave. And I'm like, okay, I don't really uh. know this. But anyway, even she, who had just celebrated her 89th birthday, went, I need you to turn on Siri, right? Okay, she wants to use Siri, right? And and now does. And then found it awesome that she can ask Siri to tell her jokes and stuff, right? <laughs> like she's. She's just like, she's loving that, right? And she can get the weather without having to touch her phone, um, right? And all this stuff. And it's like, okay, just now there's a completely different intent that you have just seen from a demographic you probably are not used to seeing this kind of change in, right? Like, okay, we've got device changes. We've got like the way they're using it, probably the requests they're sending um, dramatically adjusted. And actually, I'm going to put that one down probably to what's going on right now because she's not getting out as much, right? She's 89, yeah, but she actually lives on her own, gets out, you know, gets out, but now she's a lot more confined. We can't take her with us to go for grocery shopping. We have to go do it for her, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a, a unique, unique scenario that the machines are really, I almost feel sorry for machines in this point, but they're better than humans would do at this job because we are dealing with machines needing to try and figure out an intent of a unpredictable group of people. Um, but as a society, we're starting to adjust. And I think that's where she'll kind of fit in ish into the machine learning systems, because as a society, we're all getting um, you know, more comfortable with things like voice um, and voice commands and, and things like that. Sometime uh, and, 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 and the listening audience will, 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 will know that, the world is um, finding out which way is up in the in the future. When somebody from Google is able to uh, get together the COVID chronicles, which is a list of all the really weird, bizarre things that people started searching for, started trending uh, at Google or in Google searches, and, and actually starts publishing that stuff, you'll know the world is writing itself. We got to take a break. We got it. We got. Uh, we're actually burning time, big time. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from uh, Beef Talk Into the Market, Jim Edwards, Good Evening, Lisa Web Culture on Webmaster Radio.fm. It's the 14th of May, 2020. Stick around. We got more coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Web We'll be back after this short break. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. 
and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 14th of May, 2020, week 8 or week 9. We don't more of uh, the COVID crisis in North America. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Um, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And I'm sorry, the COVID crisis around the world. Um... I this is probably the last one we're going to get a chance to talk about, and I know it, because we're going to be talking for quite a while on this one. Uh, it's been in the news recently. Craig Campbell uh, just did a, uh, a video on it. John Mueller has been saying it doesn't exist. Negative SEO. Can you mess over competitors with ugly, ugly, ugly links? Does, does negative SEO exist? I think it does. Yeah, my my, I, I haven't seen one myself. A case of it in uh, a good couple of years, um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And I have, you know, there's a lot of things I haven't seen that I just know to be true, right? And I'm glad I haven't seen them myself in many cases. Now, I think um, it's a lot more sophisticated than bombarding them with Russian porn links. Yeah, well, and that's that's what I, th- I think and where I'm hesitant to say. It's like no matter, everybody has an interpretation of what negative SEO means to them. Um, I think it's a lot more sophisticated. I think you're right. Like, it's not just the old school and that worked great, right? Like, okay, you want to rank for exact match anchor text, 40,000 links from, yeah, Russian porn sites. There, mission accomplished. <laughs> like, that's 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 fine. That's, that's going to work. Um I have seen cases where actually the opposite would be true. And I, I won't say who it was, but um, somebody running a test to try to trigger themselves on their own site, um, a action of some kind, be it manual or, or automated um, penalty on their own site and actually improved it with what you or I would consider to be, I think it was 25, 30,000, just absolute crap, exact match anchor text links, right? And they actually improved their traffic. Um, you know, and, and not just a little bit, but like 400%. <laughs> and it'll be interesting to see if that held. Now I'm going to ask. Uh, that was my next question. Over, yeah, over, like, the, over the core update. Um, and, and I'll ask as soon as the show is done. And you can ask me next week. I'll, I'll report whether it managed to, uh, managed to hold. But... You know, does that? I think what we need to look at, and I mean, there was there was just a, a vulnerability found um, in the site kit, Google Site Kit plugin. I think that's more what we think what we have to think about is Black Hat. Now, I don't think it's just flood with links coming in that are that are bad, but more what you do on your site is being judged as white or black hat. If I wanted to punish one of my clients and I found that they had a vulnerability on their site, sure, just start cloaking it. Right. Like start cloaking it as responsibly as you would. Right. Like responsibly, quote unquote. But as you would, if you were trying to cloak on your own site, except, you know, it's there and then you report them. Right. Like that's sort of what I now think about is, is a combination of black hat techniques and hacking 
it is now more what I think about when I think about negative SEO. If I wanted to go after a competitor, I would spend money. That's I would like show Google a pattern of purchasing links in a uh, specific niche in a very short period of time, and I'd make it good and obvious. And I'm pretty sure that would have an effect. Every time you get an email with, we're selling blog links. Here's a list of the domains. Just buy all of those and you're good. There to you go. There you go. And I'm getting so many of those. So the other, the other day I got the weirdest one though. And I, I, I still, I still don't know if, cause I know, I don't, I don't, I don't click on a lot of these, eh? Cause like, you don't know if there's something hidden, malicious, just waiting for your click. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if somebody, it, it was a paid guest blog post. And I'm not sure if somebody was offering to pay me money to write it, which in that case, okay. Um, or if somebody wanted me to pay them, and, which is kind of a dumb idea. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still lost on that one. Damn spammers. Yeah, some of them are weird. I, my favorite one that I get recently, I'm sure everybody has, and I'm just going to vent here, is blog collaboration. And then the, their version of collaboration was me writing a blog post and linking to their sports watch site. I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't think collaborate means what you think it means. I'm not relevant. And what value at? Like, you're not even pretending there's a value for me. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's nothing for me. I get to write about something that's not in my niche. Awesome. Um, anyway, it's I bet amazing. it works to somebody though. Well, that's an, incidentally that's something. All you folks out there who 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 have who are looking for stuff to do, please collect these things for us. <laughs> like you can make money on this in the future. There is there is all the scams that are coming up during this crisis. Someone's got to like the got to be archiving this stuff. Because you know what? When you try to explain this to your grandkids, they're not going to believe you. That's <laughs> true. And here's how we tried to make each other's lives more miserable during this. And then you can just have a big list of it. Um, something I want to mention, speaking of um, the, the, the COVID crisis, um, is where was it? I just want to make sure. Oh, this is a gift the card? Right. This is the gift card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. On, on uh, Search Engine Journal. You can, you can find uh, the piece um, that's on it. I think it is important. Matt Southern wrote it back on on the uh, on the 11th. It's under the news section. Um, but they are now allowing. And this is Google um, through Google. My business is now allow allowing businesses to both take donations um, and link and, and sell gift cards um, directly uh, from their Google My Business listing. Um, so for anybody who is in restaurant or you know those service based, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm sure there's many of them, but I'm thinking especially those service based local businesses, you know, hair salons, stuff like that, that have been hit. Um, go over, read the article. It is, I've done it. It is super, super easy to do. Um, so go over to your Google My Business, get those links added and, and make a good case on your landing page for, you know, this is to help us through. I know right out of the gate when this all hit, uh, Mary and I bought some gift cards for, for some local business like restaurants and stuff just to sort of help them survive and get through this as best they could. Um, this is just another way that you can let people know that, that they can do that and that it's yeah. a good thing to do with money you were already going to spend anyway. Yeah, now what, 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 you're, what, you're, what you're essentially doing here is you're essentially lending your local businesses money for a service that they're going to provide to you later. So you buy a gift card for a haircut, you ain't going to get your haircut for a few weeks. But when you do, you paid for it. Yeah. Well, one thing I'm trying to remember, and hey, for our audience that, that has, is doing the same thing and buying those gift cards, I'm going to try and wait at least three months. Yeah. Like, during those first few weeks, let them recover money. 
right? Because they're having to pay back rent right now, right? Like, so don't add to their, I'm not going to add by making them give me free stuff. Um, which free, they'll have already spent that money, right? <laughs> just keeping their, their doors for, open. For, for a lot of businesses, the, uh, the COVID crisis is like the worst Groupon thing ever. Yeah. Because they have all yeah. these expenses that they still got to make and their fixed costs are their fixed costs. The rent is yeah. the rent. And they're, and I don't know about what's happening in other cities, but in my city, Toronto, the landlords are not being cool. <laughs> they're being brutal. Um, and I imagine it's the same, it's the same everywhere. I, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, help out. That's a great idea, Dave. Give your give your local business some time to recover. Yeah, and that's it. Like, just recognize because I go to the same place. I'm sure you do too. We all do. You're, we're creatures of habit, right? I go to the same restaurants mm-hmm. in a regular rotation. I get bored of one, I go to the next one, and then I go back. <laughs> right, like, or depending on what I want. So I know I'm still going to be going to them in in three months from now. I know I'm going to be going to them six months from now. I know I could give it as a gift at Christmas. Right. And it'll still be good and it's still going to be a great restaurant. So, um, so yeah, just, just that buffer. If you're, if you are buying them, probably help your, your local businesses out of it. So this is through Google, my business. It's a partnership with PayPal and GoFundMe. Yep. Um, it's, uh, available in, uh, United States, Canada, UK, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand. And, um, I'm sure Google will roll it out other places when they can, if they can. Yep. But, uh, those, those locations, it's available now. And if it's a, you know, a way that you or you can help your client, you can help your business or help your client do it. Um, that's pretty much it. We are coming really close to the end of Webcology. I know we've come to come to the end of our story, our collection of stories. Um, quick, uh, quick, uh, 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 a plug for Facebook groups like uh, SEO Buddies or, um, you know, just the caremongering groups. If you guys are out there and you're having a lot of stress, reach out. Your uh, your friends and your colleagues want to uh, want to support you and, and 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 love you and help out. Um, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of people reaching out actually through the SEO Buddies uh, group on Facebook and. Um, I'm not sure how many people are in that group. I think it's only about two, three hundred. But there's a lot of groups like that. Yeah, up there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just urging people. If you're having trouble, please reach out. Your colleagues want to help. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to take a take a moment. And um, I, I, I had a, a big problem uh, about two days ago um, with one of our clients. I mean, the client was was totally happy, but I, I was having a technical problem on their on their site. Um, I, I, I pulled in my phone a friend um, because I was asking um, your friend of mine and he has co-hosted here, Jeremy Knopf. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I knew he had an iPhone, so I was asking him to check some stuff out because it was just a problem on an iPhone. Um, dude ended up spending an hour on the phone with me, walking me through what was causing the problem, which we couldn't solve because it's a, a weird setup of JavaScript with a WordPress and an ASP card. Like, we, we couldn't solve the problem. So he just walked me through a far more efficient method of doing the exact same thing that trimmed 300 kilobytes off every page on this client site. So just a plug for, for anybody who might be thinking now's the time to take a look at like our site speed and, and some development things. Um, Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media, I've no yeah. doubt that dude will get your site and he's, fast, started, fast, he's been fast. specializing in that recently, hasn't he? Yeah. And, and I mean, some of the tricks he was showing me were, yeah. I mean, he's, he's dotting every eye, things that most people I think would ignore. 
Um, he's he's gotten all those ones, and I, yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to throwing our site at him, which fingers crossed is like within the next couple of weeks from being being ready for for his hands to uh, sort of gut and get up to uh, get up to a proper speed. So, well, that is a cool and appropriate way to 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 close the show. Uh, uh, plug for Jeremy Knopf and Spartan Media. Way cool. Um, we got to go though. We got in full circle. On behalf of Dave Davies from BSUG Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Waste Media. You've been listening to Web Culture on webmasterradio.fm, a part of the WM, WMR Podcast Network. That's um, <laughs> Be well, stay safe, wash your hands, don't touch your face, rank well, be kind to each other, and we'll talk to you next week. expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.